Yo, this is Greg Capullo, man, and you're listening to Elegant Weapon. And you know who the biggest elegant weapon is? I can't tell you where it's located, but it's uh, got something to do with me. An elegant weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. This is a journey into sound. gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 310. My name is J.J.M. Clark, J. the Jedi Rasaras, Jedi Jane. As always, it's so wonderful to be back with all you beautiful babies. But this week, we are not in the L5J studios. We've gone on a little journey to the magical land of the Hammer. <laughs> the magical land of Thor. Yes, we are here in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, where there's some crazy stuff happening the past few years. Uh, there's a scene that's starting to make some noise out here with a few individuals uh, Dustin Crocker springs to mind. Uh, Casey Parsons springs to mind, and our guest right now, Mr. Jeff Graham, springs to mind. Hello, sir. Thank you for joining me. Well, thanks for having me. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely. Hello to everybody that's out there listening. It's good times. Uh, we're here in Hamilton. We're be- uh, outside in the, in the beautiful, gorgeous. beautiful sunny day. So you might hear the birds a tweeting and a chirping. And all that good stuff. Now, Jeff and I are both right now here skipping out on TCAF this weekend. You ever been to TCAF? No, I have not done that one. That's one show that I have not gotten into. It's it's an interesting event. Yeah? It's, it's, it's huge. It's cool. I understand its value and its place in the community. Not necessarily my cup of tea. Right. It's... I don't want to sound too negative on it because right. it is a beautiful thing. No, it no really doubt. is. It's just necessarily my own like personal tastes, yeah. I guess, in comic books. Right, right. But it's super hipster. You know what yeah. I mean? It's super like independent. Right. You've got like really weird concept stuff going on, and, and so it's super cool if you're into like really artistic, the artistic side of comic right, books. Right. Right. You know, but it's not like where you go to to see the greatest art. You could possibly see in right. a book necessarily, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, it was fun. I went last year. It was really cool last year. They had the Image 25th anniversary. Oh, thing. nice. So that was super cool. But uh, as a creator, I would definitely recommend doing it. So if you did get the chance. Oh, yeah, yeah. If I have yeah. time, I'll do all the shows I can. It's just a matter of trying to fit those with my own personal schedule and my own personal agendas and you all that quite kind of stuff. You do though. Um, I usually do about a half a dozen shows a year. It's a pretty good chunk. So that's not too bad, considering yeah. that this is just a, a part-time gig for me. I've got other stuff on the go, so. For most of us, as it is a part-time gig. Yeah, there's, exactly. There, there's very few people out there who can make a living at this, and the people I do know who do, like full-time freelance artists. Yep. Man, it's a str- 
It is a struggle and yeah. it's hard. It really yeah. is. Yeah. People think art is just art. You're drawn or whatever, but no, it's it's a lifestyle. Yeah. There's so Absolutely. many weird things you got to think of and like like your taxes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every time you do a show, you've got to set aside that certain money to pay your taxes. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't, you're screwed at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. And so. you usually can't really afford like an accountant. So you kind of got to half learn how to account for yourself. Yeah, you yeah. You know what I mean? For so, sure. It's crazy stuff. Um, yeah, I've seen you at quite a few shows over the years now at yeah, this man. point. Uh, in Hamilton. And, uh, have you ever done Niagara Falls? I do Niagara every single year. I'll be set up there again with uh, my buddy Brian Anstey and uh, Dustin of Jailbird Comics. Nice. Dustin Dustin saved my Hamilton Comic Con. Did he? <laughs> Was it last year or the year before? They're, they're getting better. And I don't mean this is a huge knock, but their their comic side of things has not been extensive. No, they have great guests. Yeah, but it's not an extensive alley. It's kind of usually it just, is, and there's know. sort of a division between the artists and everybody else. And I mean that showed over the last bunch of years where they had it downtown at the Hamilton Convention Center or whatever it is that they call it now. Yeah, but where they have multiple layers and everything's on the first layer, and then you stick your artist up two layers ahead. Right. So all the interviews and panels are on the second floor, and then the third floor is where your artist alley is. And I, I can remember probably three or four years ago that there wasn't anybody promoting the fact that there was artists upstairs. So we are left in this giant room and there's just nobody showing up. It was right. a dead show for us. Right. And we're hearing about all the traffic downstairs and how great yeah, it is. That's and rough, man. Well, so, <laughs> so things looked a little bit better when they moved to the Warplane Heritage Museum. So where, they had where them, I like. I like it there. Yeah, yeah. nice big open concept, nice big uh, area for everybody to be. But again, they're not putting a lot of emphasis on the artist itself. If you look at last year specific, it went from one end to the other end. And it was just guest upon guest upon guest. And then... Yeah. A little section of artists off to here. Yeah. But I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. There's lots of shows like that nowadays that, like I was saying, I was just down in Philly, which is a fantastic show. And I like that show because there is a balance. They try really hard to meet between guests yeah. and, and comic. And, you know, it's hard to do that. Motor City Comic Con coming up this week. They're yep. fantastic for that, too. And I really like Hamilton. I'd like to, that's my one recommendation, if I could put one, is, you know, we have such a plethora of incredible talent around here. Yeah. People want to see that. People need to see that, yep. you know? So, you know, they're going back to the convention center this year. They are. Which yep. will be interesting to see. I really did like the Warplane. But I got, we got away from my story there. But things weren't really popping one afternoon in Hamilton. And I was there, and I was I was actually thinking of leaving. I was like, kind of done what I can done. I did like five interviews with the ten people there, or whatever. <laughs> and then Dustin was like, oh, well, "Come have a seat, man." And he gives me a coffee container, and he's like, "Oh, you know, a like coffee cup." And he's like, "Go wash this out, rinse this out." So I did, and went back to his table, and he had a little bit of his home brew that he makes. Yes. And it's good. Oh, it's he knows what he's doing. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. It's not your typical, like, a homeowner brew no, 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 in no, no, any no. way. No, all the stuff that he's produced over the last couple of years that I've gotten to know him are, are yeah. unbelievable. He's got a, a new West Coast IPA that he did again this year, but he did it last year. And he gave me a couple of samples. Phenomenal stuff. It's, like, total bar ready. Yeah. Like, you oh, can yeah. easily tap that. Yeah. People will pay money for that. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I can't remember the kind that we had, but... And it was right up my alley. It was a nice light beer, yeah. not a huge amount of aftertaste. It was so it's good. good. Stuff. So we good sat stuff. behind there and we had a couple cups of those and it just brightened right up the day. Yeah. And we got chatting and potting and stuff and it was good times. And then he came out with the beer nuts. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you got to be branding all this with the comic. Like oh, yeah. Hell Beer Nuts. <laughs> Hell is his, his book, by the way, kids. Uh, Dustin Crocker does an amazing book called Hell. And Hell Beer, 
hell, yeah. you know, because branding is everything. Oh, of days, course, yeah. Because right? I was telling him all about Dirk Manning. Are you familiar with Dirk Manning? Yeah, he's been a writer for years and years and years. And Absolutely. He's got a huge uh, social media presence because I remember seeing him on Digital Web and he's been on um, any number of things. He had a, an article that he used to produce, all I think, once a week Bleeding or something cool. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bleeding Cool. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm aware of who Dirk is. Very good friend yeah. of myself in the show. And Dirk is the king of Kickstarter. You know what I mean? This right. guy has made hundreds of thousands of dollars at this point through his Kickstarter campaigns. And like you say, you remember him early on doing stuff. He yep. kind of built his Kickstarter audience before there was Kickstarter. Right. So there was this little cult of Dirk Manning that he was able to have that little extra boost. But he has these products. Like now he has coffee and he's got coffee mugs. Right. And now all the people who have got these through his Kickstarter they put up their pictures of them drinking their dirt coffee and their yeah, dirt mugs yeah. and their dirt t-shirts with their glow-in-the-dark dirt pins and, and dirt everything, yeah, right? Yeah. And there's there's a fun sense of where people want to be seen doing that, which is just selling itself, right? right? And it's such a brilliant thing. So I told Dustin all about this. I was oh, like, yeah. you need to get on top of that. Yeah, man. for sure. Are you kidding? Hell beer nuts? Hell beer? Oh, I just think it's a great idea. So yeah, and he's a, he's a prison guard yeah. by day. What do yeah. you do by day? I'm an advanced care paramedic. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> That's how long have you been doing that? Uh, I'm in, into my 13th summer now, so just over wow. 12 years. How did I not know that? Yeah, so where do you work out of? Which I, hospital? I work out of the county of Brant. So okay. we, uh, my station specifically is in the east end of Brantford. So we service all of Brantford and all these surrounding areas. So your Burford, Scotland's, Oakland's, um, Paris, you know, wow. places like that. That's incredible. Yeah. And was there art before that? Or oh, art's been that? around since yeah. uh, as long as I can remember for the most part. Um, I was telling my daughter actually not too long ago, I can recall in about grade seven or so going to Burkholder school. It doesn't exist anymore here in Hamilton. Right. But, uh, when it did, uh, my buddy Mike and I used to have uh, Marvel Mondays. And right what, what that was is that you draw up a picture of Marvel characters or whatever, and then we'd show each other on Monday. And that's all it was. Just that's two guys fun. drawing. Yeah, yeah. So ever since then, and everything's been art. So art all through high school. I graduated as a graphic designer after college and went and did that for a few years. And so you finished college as a graphic designer I did. and then you go through the whole thing to be a paramedic yeah there, there was a you little like learning bit of, stuff uh, huh? apparently <laughs> <laughs> yeah or a glutton for punishment right <laughs> so there was a little bit of a, a lull between careers but again I found art I sort of pick up through all that and then when I found some free time I started doing what I do and here I am now so that's too cool yeah. man. that must be an adventurous career though like it's it's fun the, the, the job itself is awesome. I love the job. It's the yeah. politics that are going to kill you, whether it's county politics or um, you know, right. business politics, that kind of crap. And, and like you said, it comes with any job that you're going to have. You're going to find it anywhere. Every industry's got their weird like niches. Like I'm an yep. arborist by day. Yep. And uh, boar culture is in a really weird s- state in Canada where we're actually not a recognized trade. Really? Yeah. Believe it or not, we're still looked at as landscapers. Really? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Back when they were doing the last Red Seal in like 2004 or whatever, you know, and they line them all up and you want to be like a plumbers and electricians yeah. and all that. We, our industry wasn't united enough to present a good enough case right. to make that happen. Right. Now it's, now we'd be the first one through the door. Right. Now we'd be like, like you even, you know, not super familiar with the, with the, uh, with the industry 
hear that and go, what do you mean you're not a recognized trade, right? Yeah, it but you know what? We're like, we're in the same boat as you guys were because we went yeah. for years and years and years not being recognized as a, an essential service within the city. What? So how do you figure that that, that works? I mean, it's insane. We, we are the only ones that do what we do. So we're yeah. the only ones that really respond to 911 emergencies. We're the ones that have all the training to be able to treat those people, get those people where they need to go, but we're not essential all of a sudden. I mean, That's insane. I know. Yeah. And that's that argument's been going on for years and years and years. I, well, why, I don't know, but politics as it's you politics. Say, uh one of the reasons that a border culture the industry survived way back in the day was it was declared an essential service because of the wars because the communication lines had to stay open right. at all times right so they had constant tree crews who were clearing the lines right because of the war yeah and that's how the, the industry would have folded no problem oh right? yeah we'd probably all be around just homeowners dropping trees on houses right now yeah exactly <laughs> So that's kind of crazy. So at what point, you said you've been doing this for 13 years yep, now? Yep. At what point do you decide, okay, I'm going to start taking this comic thing a little more serious? Uh, what ended up happening is there was a little bit of downtime at the stations that I used to work at. So I kind of figured at some point, uh, I'm not the guy that wants to sit down and draw page after page anymore. I mean, I tried doing that and I put my samples together and I sent them off to all the publishers and they came back, you know, you're not that good right now, which is fine. I'm, right. I have no issue with that. Um, so then it was a case of what can I do with a set of pencils? So if somebody finishes pencils, what can I do with that as an inker? So I started establishing myself as a little bit of an inker. So trying out different styles and different people and watching, uh, the pros go at it and how they do it and their learning videos and all that kind of stuff. And that just sort of progressed to the point where, um, eventually I got hired on with Earthbound Comics, who's now Pilot Studios out of San Francisco. Okay. He's a, a, an independent publisher. His name's Ben Ferrari. Um, I've heard that name. He, he's been around for a while. They've been doing a lot of, he did a lot of stuff with Earthbound, but then they changed Earthbound to Pilot for whatever reason. Um, so I got hired on with him just doing an eight page story over top of his pencils, which he enjoyed. So then that got me more work. And then eventually um, I, I met, um, or I, I was talking with Eric Hendricks, who worked out of BC at Arcana Comics, doing graphic novels and whatnot. And I got hooked up with him and a friend of his, um, Rubus the Barbarian, as he's okay. known on, on Instagram or <laughs> awesome. Facebook, um, an amazing penciler out of Greece. Okay, and nice. I got hooked up with those guys, and we did a 96-page graphic novel, and eventually that just started building up my my portfolio of things. How long ago was that? Oh, that would I think that uh, Deadly Harvest was published in 2011, so around 2010 or so I started picking that up because it, it took me um, ex almost exactly one year, from May of 10 to May of 11, to ink 96 pages wow yeah that's crazy yeah and that's before i had access to 11 by 17 so everything's done on eight and a half by 11 sheets and uh, the amount of detail that rubis puts in oh no it was all traditional oh, stuff it was goodness. awful yeah it's a lot of ink man. yeah yeah so you know that progressed into into doing other stuff so, and i've met other people through social media like don walker who's out of california he's done a number of uh um, successful Kickstarter campaigns like his agent Wilder Reapercore, which I had the, the pleasure of doing inks on and meeting up with guys like uh, Dustin Crocker who throws me a, a bone every now and then to do right. something of his. So Are you a Hamilton native? I am Hamilton native, yeah. Okay, where do you meet Dustin? Uh, Dustin I met, I believe, at a con because he knew um, Dan Hammond Okay. and uh, another local guy, Rob Thibodeau. Yeah. So I met yeah. Dustin. And I, actually, I met Dustin and Dan both through Rob when I used to do cons with Rob when I was just starting out. 
and then uh, Dustin and I just progressed from there. Have similar interest in art and comic books and beer and beer nuts and <laughs> all, all the good stuff, right? That's so, awesome. It's interesting though because you did something that a lot of people don't do, and and that's reach outside of the province. Yeah. At some point, whether it's in their career or you know for projects or for whatever, which is something that. You know, there's a certain bubble here as as epic and as legendary as the Ontario comic and art community is. There's something that holds us in. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and it, it was sort of by chance that any of that actually happened. Um, uh, the gentleman that did my book, Spellbound, he's actually out of Russia. And he got a hold of me because he liked some of the sample stuff I was doing over him and said, you know what, I want you inking my stuff from now on. Right. So he uh, actually sent me a whole whack of his originals. I think I had uh, more than a dozen of them sitting at home that he just inked them up and try and sell them. They don't have a comic market in Russia. He wants me to do it for him. Right. So I said, okay. So then that progressed into him drawing my book. And then I've, I've been able to meet a couple of guys um, out of Mexico that are unbelievably good at digital colors. Yeah, yeah. So my buddy Memo that did the book, he's fantastic. I've got another guy, Roberto, who's done a bunch of pinups and stuff. But then it all comes back full circle because it comes back to Dustin. And Dustin's sort <laughs> right. of taken me under his wing. We sort of put the book underneath the, the jail uh, for, uh, comics logo. And Dustin's going to finish up editing. And it is what it is. So That's we got awesome, this local man. talent with, uh, with a plethora of international in between i like so. to see the mix there's yeah. a lot of guys uh, just next week motor city comic-con there's a few guys who are you know they're stretching their wings a little bit yeah. and uh anthony ruckgazer uh a shahan and sean daly will mm-hmm. all be coming out for the first time there you go and you know it, it, last year i got sean and shay down to philly and i was like guys like there's other places where they just and a lot of it is just the fact that they buy books yeah because I've been around to enough shows around North America at this point, I've gotten a pretty good read on who buys books. Right. Right. There's certain places where it's no, this is the illustration town. There's certain places like Philly and uh, and Detroit. Yep. Where it's just they want comic books, as many comic books as they can get. So I'm like, guys, just from a business standpoint, never mind the, the networking with all these other incredible artists. Yeah. You know. So you're starting to see it, like Sean Daly. Source Point Press was very smart. Travis McIntyre yep. scoop up his talents real quick yep. and start pairing him with his guys with Bob Sally out in Boston. Yeah, doing salvagers. Stuff going yeah, on yeah. this and that, right? They got a new book coming out called Ogre. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Bob Sally and Sean Daly. Oh, very good. And that's that looks to be insane. Nice. They're coming out of it. It's very terrible, but it looks it's it's going to be cool. That's stuff. awesome. So I like to see that because, like I said, like there's legendary stuff going on. You know, some of the. The, the greatest comic creators who have ever worked for the big two. There's a whole whack load of them present past in Ontario right oh, yeah. now. You know, absolutely. The Ken Lashley's, the Faybox, the Finches, yep. the Templetons, they're fucking everywhere. Yep. Right? Absolutely. So, you know, I think that's part of the reason that it is so good here is there's been lots of generations and and uh, like you said, where did you graduate for Graphic, so graphic design? design was out of Mohawk and Brantford. Oh, all that's places. different. That was because it's the... always Sheridan kids. On yeah, this no, you yeah. know what? That that was more of a, a learning process because at that time I wanted to get into comic books. I wanted to know how they were made from from whether not that we covered scripting and stuff like that, but from an art perspective, how it is that they went about the process. Right. So yeah. you, at that time, they taught you both the traditional method of doing things and the digital method of doing things. You know, the problem is, is that the majority of people is from that. T- majority of companies anyway from that time forward were becoming digital graphic companies right. just easier to do things graphically Modern than it was age. to do it tra- sure. traditionally right right so uh, after a couple of years that sort of forced me out of the mix but it was a good learning experience it got you know gave me a, a good insight into 
the, the printing aspect of the actual business itself. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many sides to it. To, oh yeah. To learn, you don't even realize what you got to learn until you start learning. Exactly. It, you know? So, but we are spoiled with all these schools and Sheridan and yep. Mohawk. And, yep. You know, and and have you ever considered some of the side stuff that goes on? I've had so many people on here who speak ravingly about Ty Templeton's boot camp. Um, I've never looked into doing any of the boot camps or the yeah. art shows or anything like that. I've like, like I said. It, 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 there's a lot of stuff going on so yeah. it, it's a matter of splitting my time between all of those different things and then progressing my career on top of all that while it's I'm so at it there's, family it's just a plethora of learning everywhere I go yeah, so yeah, I don't yeah. know how much more I can take on but yeah, yeah. if I get a chance Still absolutely so I'll hit it up for sure well, yeah. and that's when I'm always like but then they stop here yeah. And it's those ones who do reach out that explode. The guys like Fabok who come up under Finch. Under Finch, yeah. And then they get a word out, you know, and there's yep. the image days. And then all it takes is just the right person, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's cool. It's uh, Ryan Stegman yep. really holds that position out in Michigan. Like every year I go out there and I meet people who've gotten tips or, you know, a little bit of help just from him. Yep. And Sean Daly, in fact, I've told the story a lot on the show, but I love to tell the story. So I'll tell you real quick. But a couple of years ago at Fan Expo, they were doing uh, a couple of the DC editors, top guys were there doing portfolio reviews. Yep. And Ryan Stegman was there as well. And Sean Daly was like, we all pushed him into it. We were like, yeah, you have to go. He's like, you, yeah. <laughs> so in the middle of his review, Stegman walks by and stops and like puts his hand on his shoulder. And he's like, this guy, this guy right here, just gives a little nod be like, and then goes on his way. That's awesome. And it's those tiny little things. And yeah, now yeah. he's all over them. Now people, everybody wants to work with Sean Daly. Right. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. I even get made up like fun of all the time for how much he comes up on this show. <laughs> but a lot of that is that it's from the beginning. Sean and I met right after I started this show. Right. And we kind of came up together as much as this is a podcast and he's a creator. You know, we have totally leaned on each other for things over the years. Yeah. So it has been a very cool friendship and partnership that's grown out of it. So I will always shout the praises of, of that kind Absolutely. of thing. You know? Absolutely. And he's, he's, he's going to be something special in, in, in Canada and the world one day. Yeah, so keep your eyes yeah. peeled, people. Yeah. Uh, in, in case you've never heard it, again, that's Sean <laughs> Daly. And I know you're snickering right now, Ricky Lima, so just keep it to yourself, all right? Actually, sorry, Ricky gets a little more on the Source Point Press. But another thing, you know, like I, for some reason, the show got big in Michigan first. Yep. And a lot of that was support through the amazing people at Source Point Press. Right. Who have been coming here a lot more over the past few years because I finally was like, yep. why? We have an entire nation of untapped potential here that yep. you guys are completely ignoring. And now every year it's gotten bigger. They had a tiny table one year at Fan Expo and then a booth. And then last show, they kind of did more what Source the Point does. Set. And that's their guerrilla attitude. Yep. They have a big giant booth. And their artists are on the floor. Everybody's in front of the table, yep. and they're 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 grinding. You cannot walk past a source point table without having at least a two sentence, three sentence conversation right. with one of those creators. If it's just trying to, you know, ask your name or whatever. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's what you're there for. The yep. cons. Like, yep. That's what I always get. You're pretty good for it. Dustin's good for it. Is is socializing with your crowd and the people walking by. Rather than just sitting with your so many people, you see with their head that's, buried. That's part of it all, and that's the tricky part because not only do you have well, you might have your own agenda about the stuff that you have to get done, and there's people that want commissions done and stuff like that. But you need to realize that these people that are walking by are your source of income at that point. Absolutely. So as much yeah. as you might want the the commission from the guy walking by, 
the other five people behind them might want to talk to you about something too, or maybe they're interested in a book that you have or a sketch that you've done or something like that. Right. You have to be able to engage all of these people if you want to draw them in to see stuff. Or at least have help, which yeah, absolutely. I, I often recommend, as I see in shows all the time, is when you have that extra guest you can bring with you, don't yep. just try to bring someone who's just there to get you coffee or hang out or right. change your money when you need it. Bring someone who's maybe a little into the scene. Which is what's great you know, about people can, like Dustin Crocker or right. Brian Anstey. Um, even Dan, when Dan was doing some of the cons, we ended up with tables together. So if I'm busy doing something, one of the other guys has got my back and I know that they do, which right. is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And you and, have and, to fill those roles. Yeah. Right? And they've got that same mentality of, you know, yeah. you need to say hi to these people and talk to these people. And they'll, like I said, they'll watch your back if you're busy doing something else. So. For sure. Especially at the show you're at too, depending on the size of the show. Like, uh, I was lucky to be Alfred to Jay Fosgett's Batman last year at New York Comic-Con. Right. And New York Comic Con is a beast where he had no choice but to draw, draw, draw. Right. There was so much. It was commission after commission after commission. Yeah. After the end of that weekend, he, he was losing his <laughs> mind. I could see his brain like oozing out his ear. I'm not even kidding. So I was very happy to just be able to be not only there to like back him up, but there to almost take over at times yeah. and be like, you need to shut up and draw. I yep. will talk to all of these people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously, if people want to talk to him, he's going to talk to them. Of course. But at a certain point, when you know it's just people buying prints or this, this, and that, you got to, you know, it's very helpful if you can bring someone along. For sure. Dave Bishop. When I first met Dave Bishop years ago, he used to bring his very good friend, um, kind of, bl- it's Jeremy or Jamie, something like that. So close. It's one, like <laughs> one of those. But a great guy. And he would be his PR all weekend. Yep. Dave would be able to just sit down and draw and have this fantastic mouthpiece yep. at his side. That's what you Shoot need. him out. Yep. So if you can get that, kids always recommend that because, you know, Absolutely. having that presence. A lot of people will develop reputations too yep. of being, you know, grumpy or quiet or not. Exactly. Engaging, and and you know? they don't want to, they don't want to talk to those people. They don't want to talk yeah. to those people that have the persona of being people like that. Or the people that always have their head down. Kids. You yeah, know, you don't. Yeah. You want to be that curmudgeonly old legend that exactly. everybody's scared to talk to. Cause ah, go away. <laughs> go away. Buy a book first, then go away. Yeah. What do you mean you're not buying eight prints? <laughs> go away. Right? So, Spellbound. Yeah, man. Where is the origin of Spellbound found? Where does the idea tr- trickle out into the, your brain and the world? Uh, Spellbound was a story that I started probably about five or six years ago. And it stemmed from hanging out with my kids. Okay. So, so the two so main... So you're to blame for all she, this. Yes. This is <laughs> Abigail, my daughter. Abigail is sitting with us as well. Yes. Um, but she's partly to blame for all of this. So we went camping one year um, down at Rock Point, And uh, they were spewing out all these ideas while we were out for a hike. You know, look at all the fossils. And this looks like a fossil graveyard. Or, you know, imagine that there was witches and stuff like that and and just listening to the these guys and taking in some of their ideas spawned into a story um part of the reason was because of joshua joshua was huge into magic the gathering the problem was is he was only four or five when he found it and had no fucking clue what he was doing (laughs) it was just a bunch of cards he didn't understand it right and there wasn't anything that was similar to that that you could teach someone young. I mean, you had your Pokemons and your Yu-Gi-Ohs right. and that other crap, but he wanted the magic, the gathering, the demons, the zombies, the, his, the his, goblins, his like all that tea. fantasy right, stuff. Right, so right. putting one and one together uh, with their, their ideas and this this idea of a card game that would be suitable for kids spawned into, into what became Spellbound. And then it's the story of Joshua, who's his card-playing prodig- uh, prodigal son, uh, so to speak, and he ends up getting drawn into the world that is the card game he was playing. 
dude, that's crazy. I had no idea it was like, yeah. inspired by your kids and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So the two main characters are Joshua and Abigail. And it's Joshua's story. Um, he is currently, he's my 10 year old. So he's about the same age in the comic book. And it's his journey through this world from the card game to do so things that he needs to do. So how does this work? Is this, all right, kid, blab off some stuff to me while I write it down or kid write a story and I turn it into more? Like, there's just a lot. I, I sort of had the basic idea of the story itself, but then for ideas for characters or, or um, plot points or, or something dramatic to happen comes from them. Like listening to Abby talk about, um, it was a little while ago, but it's something that I wrote down, uh, a fairy zombie. It's one thing that she says she's never seen a fairy zombie. I'm like, that's that's a brilliant idea, a brilliant point. Somebody it's write one of that those down or draw it. You hear that you're like, how is that not a point that's been pointed before? Exactly. Yeah. So it's just something that came out, that's something great. that I remembered. You end up doodling something about it, then you pass it on to people that know what they're doing when they draw, like Andre or or Don Walker, who's done some stuff for me, and they turn right. it into this fantastic stuff. So. That's incredible, yeah, man. <laughs> all, all spawned from just two kids that were just wouldn't shut up, basically. So give me a little bit of the plot without spoiling too much. Without spoiling too much, Joshua gets drawn into the world that he thinks was just his card game. Um, and while he's there, he set out on a journey to collect these items for a certain person um, in order to help save somebody. <laughs> I mean, well, without right. giving away too yeah, much. Yeah. Um, I had no idea. So it's it's a family book in a way. This is... um, I've tried to make this as, as all ages as I can. There's a little bit of... of blood and gore ish illustration wise but i mean yeah they're gonna be kids are gonna be uh, um they're gonna be showing that no matter what you're gonna find that anywhere but aside from that it's an all ages story like it's a a, a easy easy plot to follow it's it's easy um dialect to read and um the story itself is not expansive where you know you're gonna forget plot points or anything like that it's straight to the point this is what josh needs to do and we're gonna watch joshua go do that and that's what it is Is, uh, that's exciting for you guys to be part of this whole thing and that's very cool man yeah i've been written into a couple comics but just like little cameos right right. there but to have a whole adventure focused around you guys and your ideas yeah it's pretty cool i loved it uh what was the biggest one axemen or axeman the cartoon yeah yeah you ever see that i think so that is all his like five-year-old kids Idea. There you go. Like, he sits down with this five-year-old yeah. kid. He's like, what Axeman do this week? And he's like, oh, you know, he fought this spaceship with these hamburger guns. It's just like yeah, the yeah. most ridiculous nonsense. Yeah. And just, he made an actual cartoon out of it yeah. that people love. Like, A- another guy that's good for that is um, Ryan Otley. He used to do Invincible. He's doing Amazing yes. Spider-Man now. Yeah. But on his social media posts, he used to post um, little pictures that his kid had drawn. And it's that's just great. like a scribbled little picture. Right. But he takes that and turns it into something. Right. So right. his kid comes up with the idea and then Ryan just added onto it, which is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. So they're incorporating all these ideas from some of the most imaginative people you can, you can find. Like kids have no concept or, or no, there's um, no rules. There's no rules. There's exactly. no like rules of physics in this. There's no boundaries. Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. everything is possible and everything exists into yeah, these yeah. people. I mean, it's, it's easy yeah. to grab ideas from my them, really. Kid, my kid, my, my seven-year-old son and his friends wrote a book last year called The Food. And they made this comic at school. He's in, like, after school yep. in the PLASP, so he stays at school till I pick him up a little longer. So yep. him and his friends will sit around and make comics and stuff, right? And they made a comic called The Food, where healthy food is the good food and junk food is the bad food. There you go. And they made all these little characters for each and they had this big war and this big yeah, story. And he brought this comic book that they helped staple it together for him and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, 
this is really cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. The idea behind it. And it's just like, where did that come from? And I ask him, and he's like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, eating French fries at lunch yeah. or something. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> I thought about a cheeseburger, Dad. That's yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nutty Boo. So the Kickstarter. Yeah. Tell me about the Kickstarter. Kickstarter's up and running. Uh, as of this morning, we have 17 days left to go currently. All right. I'm hovering around the 40% mark for funding. I'm not asking for a whole lot. Just asking for 3000 Right. Um, just to get... Um, very reasonable. Very reasonable, I think. Yeah. Uh, just to cover some of the costs of printing and some of the costs that went into some of the, the artists that uh, got paid for doing what they do. Right. Um, but offering some great rewards. Uh, comic books, obviously. We've got a variant cover. Um, I've thrown in Don Walker's Reaper Core as, as uh, a, an extra piece. So an extra comic book for anybody that's buying the actual print copy of the book. Uh, there's going to be an exclusive print, which my buddy Roberto down in Mexico is finishing coloring right now. Fun. Um, I talked to my letterer, Rob, this morning. He's uploading one last page, and the entire thing's ready to go. Just got to send it off to Alfonso for the print. So Alfonso. Yeah, the man. That's the way it's going, yeah. isn't it? The studio comics, he's, man. Yeah, Take he's in on everything, world. that yeah. guy. So. Well, when you do such good work, and you make it affordable work, and you're someone who obviously has passion for the whole industry and yeah. we've all known that before like i know he's been printing a while but ever since the setup of the new shop and now that he can really really oh yeah do things right people already knew what a good guy he was people already knew you know that this was a decent you know honest you know upstanding dude yeah. to work with whatever you're doing yeah so everybody's going i know shay loves printing with him and i've got people in the states who are you know because if they can start getting their books printed up here and cut out that whole shipping thing yeah, and yeah. the whole tax thing and the whole everything exactly that's that's key right there, oh yeah for know? sure plus he translates does he really he translates oh there you go <laughs> so if you want kids get in touch with studio comics if you have a comic that you want to maybe hit the market in mexico which he also goes down there a lot and does his thing. There you go. Is that he will translate your comic into Spanish and make it available. You That's know? incredible. Yeah, I remember I introduced him to Travis McIntyre. Yeah. Uh, a few years back from from uh, Source Point, and they were having their moments, you know, and they're talking business, you know, publisher to publisher. Yeah. And uh, it was a great moment when he mentioned Alfonso mentioned how he can tra he translates books and stuff, and Travis just goes, "Hold on, you translate." <laughs> Because I know Travis is like, he's constantly the thinking, wheels are going. can I take over the world, <laughs> yeah. right? And I just see them. And they both do that kind of thing where they lean back and like side look at each <laughs> yeah. other. And I just see this instant connection of like genius evil thought going on in right. their brains, right? Of just more and more comics to the world. So I love that, man. That's great. So, so yeah, that's very minimal and reasonable I think goal so. that you're trying to obtain. I think man. so. That sounds like it pretty much covers printing and stuff. Yeah, know? it's pretty much it. It's a not little, covering a whole lot. A little I, bit for the, for the helpers. Yeah, know? and I have to realize that by self-publishing that there's going to be something coming out of pocket, and I'm okay with that at this point. Right, right. So if, if I'm able to cover some of the stuff that did come out of pocket, like the printing or some of the artist costs, then, I mean, that's great. If, if I don't, I mean, it is what it is, and... Spellbound will still see print eventually, so that's what I always like to hear, man. Yeah. I've had very few Kickstarters on this show of the many that I've had that didn't succeed, even if the Kickstarter failed. Well, the, a lot of those books still get made, and that's what I love. The to plans see. are already in motion for it, as it is. They were already in motion before the, the I decided to do the Kickstarter because I knew that I was going to have to go my own route. Right. Um. So I already talked to Alfonso. We already got the pricing and all that done, and we already know that as of uh, June the first, Niagara Comic Con. It will be debuting no matter what. So right. whether we're successful or not successful, 
I will have copies of Spellbound number one with me at my booth in Niagara come right. June 1st. So 17 days, you said, left, and you're yep. at like 40%. 17 days, I'm at about 40%. So you have just over 1500 bucks to get? Yeah, give or take. Oh, that's nothing. We can do that. I think we can we do can that. We can all do that, kids. <laughs> uh, the Kickstarter. When yeah. people go to Kickstarter to check it out, what are they going to see? They got some examples? They got yeah, some you go to the Spellbound issue one Kickstarter page, and they will see the first eight pages that they can read there as a preview. Really? There's some other um, oh, that's great. pages that have put up just as, as samples, so you can see some of the inks. Um, you can follow me on Jeff Graham Art on any social media, so Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and I put up uh, as much as I can just to push this stuff. So this morning, um, I did my second artist spotlight, so I'm spotlighting Memo today on my Facebook page, okay. um, which is his colors, and it's showing some pages that people haven't seen yet, so stuff that I'm getting back from Memo, and I'm going, whoa! That's a great like, idea. Like, this stuff is incredible. Send those out as Kickstarter updates as well? Uh, yep, yeah, yep. we're doing okay. the updates as well. The guys will get an update, let them know that the lettering is done and that we're ready to go to print. I mean... Things are really moving right here. Uh, right, right. Yesterday, or not yesterday, the day before, I did an artist spotlight on Andre. So you guys get to see his actual natural pencils without any inks on them. Right. Just and so this is Andre... Andre Lunatic. He's out of Russia. He's just a, a younger guy. So I don't know his actual age. Okay, if I had cool. to guess, I'd say somewhere yeah. in his early yeah. 20s or so. All right. But phenomenal artist. Very Dave Finchy. Cool. Um, dark and, and sh heavy shadows with lots of rendering and stuff like that. It sounds like another Russian making waves right now. Yeah. Stan Yak. Oh, yeah. Have you heard of Stan Yak? Yeah, I think you and I talked about yeah, him in Hamilton he's last like the year. One other, he's like the first Russian guy I'd heard who started to come out of things. And yeah. I remember I was following Stan online just because I liked his stuff. Yeah. And then there's that cool connection where when you meet enough people, all of a sudden he's working with, I think, Bob Sally right now. Oh, in there Boston. you go. Uh, doing something with him, maybe on Salvagers or something else. I don't know. Bob's got a few things on the go. Right, right. So, uh, you know, Bob Sally. Did you, <laughs> did you see the video? I haven't watched the video yet. Okay, I'll tell you about the video. Uh, <laughs> I made a bet. I made a stupid bet. The shave. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. I bet on the Leafs. <laughs> I bet on the, yes, I bet on the Toronto Maple Leafs. But a lot of that was... Not just the Leafs. I'm not the biggest hockey fan, but Toronto kind of needed it right now. Right. You know, it was a rough time. But whatever, Bob Sally. So yeah, I did the live video. And <laughs> That's right. The burns. That's right. Just ridiculous. But I'll get him back someday. <laughs> I'll see him. No, I won't see him. He's not in Motor City. He's going to be doing. Uh... Actually, yeah. Shoutouts to Source Point with uh, Bob Sally and Stan Kanopka are going to be down in Philly. I think it's Wizard World Philly is going on next weekend. There you go. Which is sad because I won't see them in Michigan, but. Either way. So that's very cool. That doesn't sound... How many backers? Uh, We've got 40 backers already. Okay. See, that can be... That can be... Up. We just got to get some word out, kids. Yeah. And uh, I, I encourage you all to go and check this stuff out because uh, it's a talented team. Talk about the whole team. Everybody involved. The whole team. The right from yeah. the from the start to the finish is uh, me writing it. I'm doing the inks over top of Andre. I've got Andre Lunatic doing the pencils, which are phenomenal. I even brought samples to show you. Nice. Um, I've got my buddy Memo down in Mexico who's did, done all the colors for me. And then Rob, a fellow Canadian out uh, East Coast way, did uh, the letters. And then on top of that, I've got um, a, a lot of other local guys. I had uh, Michael Nelson, who's out of uh, the GTA area, do my logo for me. Uh, I've got Roberto down in Mexico doing me uh, some colors for me. I had Nick Valente out of the States doing an alternate cover for me. So that's a Don Walker cover. Right on. So I got Don from Cali doing some stuff for me. So Gorgeous. lots of stuff going on. The stuff is beautiful, man. Yeah. Look at and, your inking. And too, these pages man. are available on the Kickstarter. So with the right campaign pledge, That's you could gorgeous. have one of these. That's really nice. Kids, you got to check this stuff out. You're killing it, man. You've always been killing it, but these are 
Oh, this is beautiful stuff, man. Yeah, so this is all blue lined over top of Andre's originals. I actually have the first eight pages at home as well of his original pencils. Nice. So, and who's doing the colors? Uh, colors are done by Memo Regalado That's right, right, out of Mexico. Right. Who's, yep. Who you're doing the spotlight is on right He's now. He's on today, right? yeah, yeah, on my okay. Facebook page, Jeff Graham Art on Facebook. He's up there right now with uh, some of his colors of pages that nobody's seen as of yet. So. And who did the pencils? All Andre. Andre Lunatic. Uh, you can tell he's not a Canadian because you yeah. know a Canadian would have made all these bands Canadian bands. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? They're a hip there and whatever. <laughs> but honestly, this is this is beautiful, beautiful stuff, kids. It's top tier quality, like from beginning to end. So I think we can uh, bump up 40. 40 is like nothing. Yeah. What are you talking about? 40 people will hear this in a day. There you go. So uh, of the 40 people who are hearing this on the first day, because I'm going to put this up tonight. I'm going to actually awesome. put this up when we get home to waste no time um because we're gonna have a lot coming at you soon kids we're gonna have this i'm gonna drop for you today i hope you all enjoyed david bradley last week uh i put his panel up what a delightful delight you a fan of david Bradley? oh yeah yeah. uh delightful old man really just eh? cheerful and conversational and talkative and entertaining that was great uh also very soon maybe even tomorrow oh my god we're gonna have pods flowing i've got so much (laughs) i can't just go schedule right now there's just too much to get out there i'll never get it i don't it's not that it's super timely, but I still, myself, I can't put stuff out two months later when I did it, right. even though it may not matter because yep. there's nothing of timey in the conversation. It just bugs me. I don't know. I got this drive. To have something sitting thing, back right? there that yeah, you should yeah. have had done. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. for sure. So next week we're going to have Steve Whitmire. Do you know who Steve Whitmire is? Do you know, <laughs> Abby, who Kermit the Frog is? From the Muppets. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We were just about to have a serious <laughs> event take place on an alligator weapon. like a bad father. I was, yeah, I was about to seriously be like, parental rights revoked. Exactly. Uh, the puppeteer, the voice, the guy who does Kermit the Frog, he's done it since Jim Henson, the original guy, past 40 years. And Ernie, and he's worked on all the Henson bunch stuff. Of them. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be coming up this week, kids. We had a fantastic conversation with him. And Jay Fosgett actually joined us on stage for that. Nice. Uh, we had a really fun conversation. It was a memory lane to Sesame Street. There you so go. So he talked about all his whole history of his career when he met Jim and got into Muppets. No and, kidding. Because he also worked for uh, Sam and Marty Croft for a bit. Okay. Uh, do you remember H&R Puffin stuff? Yeah, yeah. Remember that trippy yeah, yeah. nonsense? He he started out with them. Oh, really? Yeah, so he talks about that and a lot of crazy stuff. Oh, no kidding. Uh, we got Taylor Gray coming up, who's the voice of Ezra from Star Wars Rebels. You there you Star go. Star Wars Rebels, Ezra. Had a great chat with him. Uh, who else we got coming? Uh, Eric Stolhansky of uh, Broken Lizard. Yeah, uh, yeah. Super Troopers. We had a chat with him. The cast of Winnie the Pooh. Uh, Jim Cummings, wow. uh, Michael Goff, and Andre Stojka. Or sorry, Stojka. Stojka. I would say that right. He's got a J. Yeah. And uh, he corrected me before. I made sure to ask. I was like, am I saying this right? He's like, no, the J's Y. I was like, oh, Stojka. Yep. Stojka. All right. So, uh, yeah, tons of super cool stuff. But uh, we chatted, and you yeah. had the Kickstarter going on. Yeah. And I really wanted to help get this out there. Because I really this is appreciate such fanta- it. No, this is such fantastic stuff that needs to be out there. Uh, and you're also actually going to hear he's come up a lot, funnily, this show. But Bob Sally, uh, he's got his Kickstarter happening. And he hit me up the other day, too. And, uh, you know, we always love to get Bob on. So we'll get Bob on to talk about his Kickstarter at some point next week. Yeah. But for now... Jeff Graham, you need to go to 
uh, Kickstarter. And yeah. it's just Spellbound, Spellbound, Spellbound issue, issue one. one. That's what it is. Check it out, kids. It's beautiful art. It's beautiful stuff. And as you said, it's just Jeff Graham across Instagram. Jeff Graham Twitter, art anywhere Jeff you want to go. Art. Yeah. Jeff, thanks so much for sitting down, man. Thanks for I having really me, hope buddy. things work out. I know they're going to, but I hope we all kick ass at the Kickstarter and we get to the point where we can even talk about stretch goals. Because be I've awesome. seen things happen and happen quickly. It's just a matter of you kids hearing this in your ears and then tappity tapping on your little tap machines <laughs> and uh, pledging and supporting another fantastic Canadian. I don't even know. Can we call this a Canadian comic? Yeah. This what? is an international. It's fair international, in a way, though. It, yeah. So yes, this Canadian-based comic out of this Canadian-based writer. There you go. Uh, from these Canadian-based kids and their yes. wacky minds, Joshua <laughs> and Abigail. That's right. Yes, um, that's very very cool, man. Jeff, thank you so much. Thanks for, for having me, buddy. Out. I appreciate man. this. Spellbound Kickstarter kids. That is all we are going to have this week on an elegant weapon. Take it easy.